You can listen to The Professional Left wherever you get your podcasts, on Netroots Radio, or at our website, proleftpod.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There's a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for March 25th, 2022. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from the Cornfield Resistance, where we want to wish our little great-nephew Kevin a happy first birthday and his awesome mom a happy birthday, too. It's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. He's one. We're going to go party with him in a little bit. Yeah. We're going to have a little birthday party for him. Get we are. To get with your brother, who's we don't see often enough. So who's, that's, who's, who's grandpa now. Grandpa. Grandpa. And Uncle Driftglass is six foot eight. And yeah. grandpa is how tall? Uh, I like to think of him as like five three. He's, <laughs> he's not. No, he's like six four. He's a big guy. He's, he's, big guy. he's tall. We're all pretty big guys. Well, uh, and so little Kevin, I found out, mm -hmm. I have to add two inches to the sweater that I'm knitting for him. I know. You'll be knitting on the way up there, adding frantically to it. going inches, because he's long-waisted, his mommy says. Sure. This is exactly, that's exactly what they said at the, as the amazing colossal man started, Glenn Manning started growing at an alarming rate. No, no, he's just long-waisted. He's just long-waisted. Nope. 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 Nope, but he's he's a boy. He's a cute kid. I mean, I'm he's highly cutie, biased. But... Cutie, cutie. Yeah, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing him. Yeah. Uh, so At... this was the um, SCOTUS hearings, confirmation hearings this week for yeah. Katanji Brown Jackson, who has, as as I put in the uh, draft title of this podcast, <laughs> has the patience of Job, and yeah. we don't. No. Um, no. We got together with another listener this past weekend. Steve came down from hey, Steve. Uh, Central north, Illinois. Division, from north. North of us. From yes. the northern area. We yeah. see him fairly often. I mean, he uh -huh. comes down eh, every few months, right? Uh -huh. Just to visit us and have coffee. Yeah. It's always a ball. And it always it's, it's it's it always flies by. He's really good company. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but he said, because he always gives us feedback about our show and asks about how is it going. And I always say, Tim, or I did say to him this weekend. You know, I'll I'll put the show to bed and go, that was not our best show. That was the worst show. That was a terrible show. I can't handle it. How bad we're putting the show out. It's so bad. And then three, two, one, we get an email. That's the best show you ever did. Oh, my right? God. I just love that show the best. And, <laughs> so and, I can't hear myself. No. I mean, and, and we should, I should add, I just got hearing aids this week. Thank yeah. you, Obama. My yeah, really. Affordable Care Act insurance pays for hearing aids. Mm -hmm. I have... um high uh not high decibel but high uh frequency oh, high frequency high frequency right. hearing loss can't hear high voices can't hear high beeps and when i couldn't hear the beep when the car beeped to say the seatbelt wasn't on and i couldn't hear the beep i was like okay that's it mm -hmm. <laughs> can't hear my car beep i've got to go <laughs> take care of this and uh i love them i love my new hearing aids they're just I had a conversation with my daughter who has a high voice and I often miss words of hers and I could hear and her voice sounded lower to me, but it wasn't that my brain was telling me it was lower because I could hear her. Right. So that's exactly. so fantastic. Uh, I recommend them. Uh, hearing aid technology has just exploded mm -hmm. uh, over the past few years. 
I know you can get them over the counter. I went and got, like I said, my insurance covered a hearing test and an audiologist and so forth. So got that done. And I just love them. Got all the, I I went along because we always go to each other's appointments for doctors and stuff. And um, he was, he was good at explaining. Yep. You know, here's exactly how your ear functions. Here's, here's the stuff. Here's what this does. Here's what I recommend. Here are your choices. Mm-hmm. We're going to tweak and test and tweak and test. And here's here's a demo model. You like? Yeah, I'm wearing some. a demo model these days. And, and then I'll get damn. my real ones in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And I'm supposed to call them if anything's going wrong or feels not right. But so far, yeah. so good. I'm really, yeah. I really like them. And they're diff- they are different from, I, I had a, was living with an elderly couple when I was in graduate school uh, as their you know, caretaker, semi-caretaker and, and college student living in their house. And, uh, she had hearing aids and, you know, the expensive batteries and the humming and the size of them and so on and so forth. And none of that exists. All of the complaints you might have about the expensive batteries, the, the, how they look ugly, they, they're, they're not noticeable. (laughs) They don't, you can't see them. (laughs) If you look, they, you just can't see them. And, uh, they don't beep and hum and, you know, do all the noise making that they they had done in the past. They just I I just can't believe it. And then when I get my real ones, when I when I'm not wearing demos anymore, he can program them to be Bluetooth earbuds. Right. right. Which is which amazing. is just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, highly recommend. Um, so now you hear, Steve said now yeah. you hear everything that I've been Oh, hearing. it's crazy. And, and it's in the like, bathroom, the school. The squeak of the door and the shower and the mm-hmm. everything I can hear. I can now. You know how I know when uh, someone is upstairs opening a dresser drawer. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have bat-like hearing, and you know. Oh, I think the kitchen sink is dripping. <laughs> it's like you're in the bedroom. What are you talking about? Yep, there is. Well, and as I I I mentioned, this is all tangent. By the way, mm-hmm. this whole podcast is going to be tangent, tangent, tangent. <laughs> um, no, but as I mentioned. One of the the first signal that the uh, the unnamed and unreliable narrator of the Telltale Heart is mm-hmm. insane is that he can hear everything. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's you know it was I think it was you know the sound of blah blah blah. I think it was his eye, and 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 it sounds fine until he says I can hear all things in heaven and hell, or I hear yeah. many things in hell. Like I'm doing this from memory. Um, oh, he's insane. Yeah. I get it, but that bringing the the auditory sense into a story immediately mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that by the time the story ends, it's a very short story The the auditory ending of the story is the beating of the heart under the floorboards. Yeah. Uh, I'm spoiling yeah. a 160 year old story. So I apologize <laughs> for that. Um, but it, it is it, it, when you have really acute hearing mm-hmm. about some things, the world just is shaped differently. Yeah. And you know, and uh, when something odd was an odd noise someplace, I'm like, I have to go check the furnace. Yeah, <laughs> because, yeah, and yeah. It, it's it's useful. It's very very useful. And when you're robbed of those things, well, and, um, and I just a- want to say, I know I've had an exchange on Twitter with someone who says, you know, Medicare doesn't cover them. Right. That you know, there's reason number infinity why Build Back Better needs to pass. Right. Exactly. And exactly. we've talked about this uh, with the audiologist as well. You know, the the contribution that hearing makes to older people's cognitive abilities mm-hmm. and the the loss of hearing and how that contributes to a more rapid decline if you're dealing with dementia it just makes sense for insurance companies to cover this because it improves the outcomes 
of people's lives that that that's better your your brain cognition is better if you can hear i, I don't think the um poor man's zach galifianakis audio audiology commercials hearing aid commercials <laughs> yeah. where his son is like i guess my father doesn't love me anymore yeah right um that takes it a bit too far i think that yeah, uh, yeah, no yeah. no but it it is you know and i'm speaking to someone who has you know active all five senses active mm-hmm. um and blessed in that way I, i've been wearing glasses since i was seven i think mm-hmm. seven mm-hmm. or eight so i have very poor vision but um boy has it made a difference in one day Boy, has it made a difference in, I think, your quality of life. No, you've noticed, have you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Thank you you for taking me and thank you for being in my corner and backing me up and all that good stuff. And faking like I was talking when I was quiet just to (laughs) mess with you. That was so funny. Yeah. I think you you really uh, got the uh, audiologist there because you just started moving your lips and not saying anything to me. Can you hear me? shrugging and like what why, yeah, why can't what, what? <laughs> she can't hear him she can't which hear is, me doc <laughs> which is a great shtick to do on a completely you know audible medium where there's no video because you have yeah, no idea right, what i'm right. doing but and anyway, wearing a mask and yeah. wearing a mask you were wearing a mask at the doctor's office so that was funny um so anyway, steve 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 mm-hmm. getting back to steve getting steve to said steve. and his mm-hmm. feedback was he loves it when we get mad mm-hmm. on the show and he says especially when blue gal starts swearing you then I like know her. I'm, whoa, we're in for a treat. You wouldn't like her where, when she's angry. <laughs> he yeah. loves me when I'm angry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's very righteous so, and very precise. So fortunately mm-hmm. for our, the purposes of our sweary show, yeah. we have the Republican members of the Committee on the huh. Judiciary in the U.S. Senate. Uh-huh. <sighs> and I want to, I want to, I don't want to talk about all of them. But I want to. I've picked out a couple that I Can want I to talk about. Can I make a suggestion? Just yeah. to, uh, and this is to help our sound editor, which is you, mm-hmm. um, with this podcast. Mm-hmm. Could you just read off the names of the ones who weren't complete assholes? No, I, that, I'm done. Yeah, you're done. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> just crumple up that paper, and you can yeah, hear that now. All done. They were, every one of them was a complete asshole. Yeah, it's just. But, it, but Ted well, Cruz, Ted Cruz in particular, was a complete asshole. Mm-hmm. Uh Tom Tillis decides to come out against interracial marriage. Mm-hmm. And the next day, oh, no, I didn't mean it that way. What How do did they you think mean they're, What are they thinking? They're not thinking. Well, no, I, I, that, that's where I have to disagree. Because yeah. my understanding, and I, you get this sort of thing fifth hand, so it could mm-hmm. just be an internet. But my understanding was generally the word went out, please don't be racist assholes. Yeah, right. Um, just don't, don't be racist jerks on camera do mm-hmm. do do bad stuff you know uh, uh, uh dirtier up somehow but for god's sakes don't come across as racist assholes and mm-hmm. that went right out the window yeah. immediately yep. and and day one usually yep. day one is supposed to be here's the candidate here are qualifications it's sort of like a little bit of an easing into the process no yeah. no nope. right for the jugular right out of the day bucket, one we're going to talk mm-hmm. about interracial marriage and she's right. sitting there with her white husband right i mean it couldn't have been more racist. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> we're going to talk about critical race theory and children's books yeah. and you letting pedophiles off easy. Mm-hmm. And every, you know, every statement is a confession from some of these people. Oh, yeah. Well, and you know what happened? Uh, this is com- the p- complete aside, but our Senator Dick Durbin made 
Lindsey Graham cry and run yeah, out of the room, and, which and is kind of beautiful. He, he ran out a couple times. I don't out. want to talk to you anymore. Well, and he's very he he was very personal and very fair about everything as chairman of the committee. And yes, he was. Even my TV husband, mm-hmm. Ellie Mustel, said, "You know, Durbin did a great job." And then apparently Ellie Mustel's mother called him and told him, <laughs> "You know, I told you not to sleep on Dick Durbin. Uh, I get his emails." Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said, "Hey." Hey, and I, you're, I, you're I replied, I replied, because <laughs> Dick Durbin, of course, is our senator. I said, Ellie Mistel's mother needs to meet Loretta Durbin. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they need to cook together and invite it. everyone over because, damn. Anyway. Anyway, getting back to the list of senators uh, from the Republican Party on the Committee of the Judiciary. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Hawley. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, again. The stuff with the transgender bullshit. Yeah. Uh, Ted Cruz wants to know if he can be Asian, if he can convert to being Asian. And what I found interesting on his YouTube podcast, uh, Alan Dershowitz on his YouTube podcast. Alan Tidy Whitey Dershowitz. Tidy Whitey Dershowitz. Dirty Dershowitz. Said, uh, Ted Cruz was a student of mine, and I hope he didn't learn these stupid questions from me. Because this is bigotry. Of course it is. Now, why would Alan Dershowitz all of a sudden be so bent out of shape about anti-trans bigotry? Well, he talked about it. I have friends whose grandchildren switch genders. And mm-hmm. everyone in the family is so much happier because the grandchildren are happy with who they are. You can convert from Judaism to Catholicism, from Catholicism to Judaism. We thought you couldn't convert from one gender to another, but it turns out you can. It mm-hmm. turns out some people need to. And so from my experience, I can tell you it's bigotry to say that trans people aren't people, et cetera, et cetera. He went on and on. Yeah. He, you know, when you've got regular human empathy, <laughs> you don't need to have a family member or your best friend's grandchildren to point out to you that people are people and should be allowed self-expression. Right. And let's let's make sure that... The flip side of this is clear. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you have personal empathy um, for an issue because someone in your immediate family right. has it doesn't mean the other 90% of your opinions aren't appalling. Right. Witness and he, he Dick then Cheney. went on. Well, he went, then went on. Dershowitz uh-huh. then went on to talk about how horrible it was. The previous uh, beer guy was treated. You Kavanaugh. Know. Kavanaugh. Yeah, he was treated. They asked him about his hobbies. <laughs> and and nobody asked him about how he got all of his debts paid off with dark money. Right, right. Uh, nobody asked about how uh, was it was the previous occupant of the seat bribed out of the seat and for, or forced out so you could yeah. have it. Right, um, right. They didn't. They just they asked him. You know, did you, you used to pump a lot of iron, didn't you? And then he got. Oh yeah, right. Well, he's, he didn't smile enough, and he got very emotional. And you really can't have that. <laughs> you in can't a, have oh, I guess that. you can. Yeah. 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 Uh, I haven't even started talking about Marsha fucking Blackburn. Oh, she's your she's you you haven't muted her yet, have you? Because no, she's like I've your... blocked her. Oh my god! Yeah. And and that's because I can go look at her tweets anytime I want. She's uh, a special like her friend. ridiculous tweet about um, today was uh, the Constitution guarantees us life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but not abortion. No, it doesn't. First of all, <laughs> that's the Declaration of Independence. You it's stupid, stupid, God. <laughs> Really? She really? and Trump and Rand Paul, I'm convinced, all have aliens living on their head 
communicating <laughs> like weirdo information into their brains because they're terrible people to begin with, but they yeah. really do amp it up. I mean, this is. Well, and her question to Judge Jackson, she had her fingers underneath the words to read them one at a time. Mm-hmm. Big she words. Hadn't, not only had she not written the question that she asked, uh-huh. she hadn't read it ahead of time. No. She had and not her, rehearsed the question. She had, her staff. Yeah, hates her. Her staff wrote them out phonetically, I'm sure, yeah. so she could sound out the big words. <laughs> she she got the question from some Federalist Society or Kevin McCarthy via the Federalist Society. Mm-hmm. You know, she she does what she's told she does. by very bad men. And she's a good little girl for them. Mm-hmm. And that gets her a Senate seat. And that's mm-hmm. why I hate her. She's awful. She's a, she's her, a her moron. Her obedient lust for power and the way mm-hmm. she gets power is to behave. And that's, to me, just an atrocious waste of womanhood. I I can't stand her. So, mm-hmm. And I'm not the only one. Nope. Uh, there were some Tennessee pastors today who came out with a statement. Uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to read it. Uh, they're from, all from Tennessee. Throw in some swear words so we know you. <laughs> Senator Marsha fucking Blackburn, they did not that's, say that. That's, no. Um, <laughs> tossed away an opportunity to behave professionally in favor of currying votes from her political base. Her vocabulary of fear-mongering is in stark contrast to the faith she claims in a savior who reminds us repeatedly, do not fear, and the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. While on the other hand, Judge Jackson shows the ability to live out the believer's call to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God as all Christians should strive to live out. She's not a good Christian. Well, and that's, you know, I know not that that not that that there's no religious test. That's the point. There's no religious test for being the United States Senator. There should be a basic IQ test for being a United States Senator. And there isn't. I have heard indignant people on my side of the aisle who I love dearly and who are my allies for 30, 40 years, maybe longer, say, if they were a real Christian, they wouldn't blah, blah, blah. Yeah, look, right. Look, they're they're not. They're yeah, not. They're, they're not. But but and and you can't it holding a mirror up to them doesn't work. No. Invoking the Bible doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Asking them about their true faith doesn't work. They are reprogrammable meatbags. <laughs> they are just little Nazi zombies. Well, they're zombies. sucking up to their to a base that they have no respect for. You can't imagine the low, how low the opinion of their own voters these senators have until you observe them in action. Right. But they know. Now, Lindsey Graham, he's another one. Mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't give a rat's ass about the voters of South Carolina, no. except that he win a primary. And that's all and, he needs. Yeah. That's all he needs. So he'll, he'll stand up to Trump before the election, suck Trump's dick after the election, and it doesn't matter. Whatever it takes to keep that base chomping at the bit for him when he needs it. And the rest of the time, he just has no principles. No. And if you don't believe me, you don't believe Blue Gal, just go over and look at, uh, who was it? Um, Jennifer Rubin's column this week. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Rubin. Fringe Republicans are not the problem. It's the party's mainstream. That's the mm-hmm. headline from the Washington Post. Now, I'm not going to, I don't want to direct any traffic over the Washington Post. I don't think Jennifer Rubin, Jennifer Rubin has a lot to atone for. Yep. But she's gotten to that place where it's like, oh, fuck, it's the whole party, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. And it's been the whole party for the whole fucking my life, right? Yep. So, okay, well, that's that's what we have now. It's not 
a few. It's not the fringe. It's not a small part. It's not a recessive gene. It's the mm-hmm. whole fucking party. And the whole fucking party is very well representative represented on the judiciary committee. Yes. Because all the freaks and weirdos and racists and homophobes and and assholes and nut jobs are all there. Even if they have to pretend to be that, they know they have to pretend to be that because that's the clip that gets on Fox News. That's the clip they stick into their ads when they go to the morons and ask for their votes and their money. And that was so clearly obvious this week that they were were not even talking to Judge Jackson. They were talking to Fox News. Yes. And Fox News views. Um, I have a question for you, though, Chris sure. Glass. Um, sure. We have in our notes, um, and I'm sorry to skip ahead. Please. Everybody can go watch Cory Booker's speech about yes, yes. directly to Judge Jack, and you are worthy. Mm-hmm. I, you're not going to take away my joy. Right. Um, and it's very moving and very yes. beautiful what Good. he says. Mm-hmm. I watched another clip of him sitting on this committee where he took the opportunity to compliment Marsha fucking Blackburn. Just, it, God. You know, I've learned a lot from your questions, Senator. I have too, and but. Mm. Yeah, you know, yeah, we've all learned a lot. Um, we've learned how to not say the C word out loud. Yeah, yeah. We've learned how to <laughs> censor ourselves. We don't ourselves. do that. Because no, we we're do better that. than that, right? Mm. Especially now that we have hearing aids and. <laughs> we can hear ourselves talking. Oh, oh, <laughs> I know not to say that word, so I don't say it. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but I'm wondering about, you know, his holistic vegan approach to being nice to everybody. And I, mean, I guess he's aiming at a different audience from the listeners of this podcast. <laughs> I, I believe in my heart, I believe, and this is where I know that never Trumpers are liars. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that the people who depend on the opinions of others for their jobs. Mm-hmm understand those people very, very well. Mm-hmm. They have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mm-hmm. have to make 50 plus 1% of the people in your district or your state or or in your listening you know, area happy mm-hmm. enough to mm-hmm. give you their attention. Mm-hmm. So I do not believe for a minute that the fact that the Republican Party is a shit pile of bigots and imbeciles came as a sudden surprise to people that were writing ads getting those assholes to the right. polls. Rick right. Wilson knew for decades that these people sure. were terrible. Well, because he was aiming knew. ads at them. Right. So of and, course he did. Yes. And so this whole, you know, oh my God, where did all these racists come from? Nonsense. <laughs> I, you're right off the bat, you know, okay, you're a fucking liar. You're a fucking liar. You don't want to take responsibility for what you did. I don't, I didn't, that lets me off the hook for ever believing a single fucking word you ever say. Cause you mm-hmm. lie, you're lying about really basic stuff. Mm-hmm. I believe Cory Booker probably knows his voters. Yeah. And his voters want him to be, you know, man is on white bread happy all the time. And if if he wants to do that, if he wants to be, you know, saccharine, mm-hmm. uh, it works great when you're praising someone. Mm-hmm. It turns my stomach when you're talking to Marsha Blackburn. Yeah. Um, you, do you vote the right way? Okay. But there is a thing, and it's on the Twitter machine somewhere. It's not me, but it's, you know, Democrats, this is broadly speaking, run mm-hmm. for office mm-hmm. promising to, to work with Republicans. Yeah. Republicans run for office calling Democrats baby eating monsters. Right. Right. Can you see the fucking difference? Mm-hmm. And chasing the the good opinion of Marsha Blackburn, even if you're just doing it on camera, just makes me sad. Yeah. Because somebody's got to stand up, somebody. And they do. They just yeah. never make it onto the camera. Democrats message great. They just never get the attention they deserve. And point to her, Katie Porter point to her, mm-hmm. just as an example, mm-hmm. <laughs> this bitch is out of her mind. Mm-hmm. And you should be ashamed to vote for her. And if you're not ashamed to vote for her, what kind of person are you? You're, you suck as a citizen and you're a terrible Christian 
And God knows you are embarrassing the people who raised you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and that's just not something Cory Booker can muster ever. Right. It's right. not in him to do that. And you know, honestly, Barack Obama had the same problem. Yeah. Yeah. Right up until he got punched once too many times. Well, and, <laughs> and, and I will say you and I talked a lot this week about, you know, Judge Jackson's patience and her yes. sitting there being calm and judicial and unlike other nominees that yep. we can name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the difference between a, what a white man is allowed to do at that seat and what a black woman is allowed to do at that seat is miles night apart. Night and day, yeah. And you and I sitting here in central Illinois as white, well-educated white people uh-huh. saying, Marsha fucking Blackburn, we get away with that. Sure, and of course we do. Barack Obama and Cory Booker say something like that, and they're the angry black man for the Gone. rest of their lives. Gone. So, And my, my, my only point being, once you get the job, Mm-hmm. do the job. Mm-hmm. And, well, and, and Barack Obama did a lot more of that job in his second term than he, he did sure, his first. He sure did. He absolutely did. He yeah. he finally figured out, I, I'm sure he knew the whole time, but it was mm-hmm. like, no, I'm a process guy. I'm a middle guy. I wrote the, I wrote the, about this in 2010. Yeah, yeah. You know, the devil in deep blue sea, the devil mm-hmm. in deep blue, do, blue red base. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. You're half Harvard yard, half back of the yards. You yep, want to yep. play everything right down the middle. And it worked to get you into the Oval Office. Mm-hmm. Now you're there. And the problem, you have a lot of problems on your plate. Number one problem is the Republican Party is an anti-democratic, bomb-throwing, racist shithole who hates this country. And you have to get that through your head. You have to deal with that problem. And he couldn't do it. And uh, into his second term, he started talking a lot more about Fox News. But every fucking speech, it was both sides do it. Every fucking speech, it was my, my friends on the other side of the aisle. And I know you have to do that when you're in that job. But when... The problem with your country is COVID. You yep. don't get by. You don't stop. T- you don't. Well, let's not talk about COVID. The mm-hmm. problem with this country is the Republican Party, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not and not talking about it in those terms. Getting your party on a war footing for these people was a massive failure on his part, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. For all the other good things he did. Well, and and you just mentioned both siderism. Yeah. Um, Joe Biden today at his press conference at <laughs> NATO. I saw that. Did great. you see that? I did. Reminded, awesome. reminded the foreign press uh-huh. of why he ran for president. Uh-huh. And it very specifically boils down to that my asshole predecessor uh-huh. said uh, both sides. Very said fine people. both sides about Nazis. Uh-huh. He said good people on both sides about Nazis. And that was when I decided I couldn't stand by and let that happen. Mm-hmm. I, have to, I have to stop it. There's an article at Common Dreams today about a Cambridge, Massachusetts high school student who was asked on her homework assignment to list the positive and negative effects of imperialism. And she's an African-American student. So Uh she left the positive effects of imperialism box (laughs) empty. For her. Yeah. For her. Yeah. And it went viral because the negative effects of imperialism are everything. Yeah. Everything about imperialism. There isn't a good side. And this this is going on in Ohio now. There's an Ohio legislator who was in deep water because we have to talk about how the German soldiers felt during World War II in order yeah. to fully understand his, the history of the time. No. No, 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 no. You do not have to do that. That is not, you don't have to do that, period. No, so, no. But I'm wondering, Driftglass, I, I know we've talked about this ad nauseum. But it does seem to me that the reason that 
the Republican Party in particular is pushing this critical race theory bullshit is because their hidey hole of both sides is rapidly shrinking. And they are prying it open by pushing it to a schoolroom setting and saying, we have to talk both sides, both sides. We have, because we have to get them in the cradle. You know, my dad sent me that, that song from Rogers and Hammerstein this week. You have to learn how to hate. You can't, if you don't get them when they're young, you know, Mm -hmm. with a party that's rapidly aging out, if we don't start teaching the youth of today to try to understand what the Holocaust, the good side of the yeah. Holocaust. You know, you know, a lot of a lot of Germans believe that they blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah right. OK. Um, I do so, not believe the both. I, I believe exact opposite. Right. I believe both siderism is coming back strong. Mm-hmm. I see it everywhere. I'm I'm hyper attuned to it because mm-hmm. I'm the originator of the both sides don't hashtag. Yes, you are. And the award, uh, the award adjacent T-shirt and merch that all say. <laughs> Both, Both sides, sides don't. don't. Yep. Um, <laughs> and I, I listen to lots of stuff. I listen to a whole bunch of podcasts, and I read a lot. And it is, it's just out there now. Is it everywhere in the yep. in the bulwark Lincoln Project world? It's everywhere. Yep, yeah. absolutely everywhere. Um, it, it comes in different forms and different flavors. Um, but right now, it's painfully clear that the the media friendliest podcasts, the ones that have friends on MSNBC, the ones that get invited on the air, the ones that benefit from their proximity to to mainstream media outlets and uh, mainstream media newspapers and op-ed pages <clears throat> are what I call a four-quadrant podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I stole that term from Hollywood, um, from, from the movies, where there's a thing called the four-quadrant movie. And the four-quadrant movie is, do you hit all four major demographics? Uh, both over and under men and both over over and under 25 male and over and under 25 female. If you only hit a couple of those, you're not going to get your movie funded very often. If you hit all four of those, blockbuster, you're going to have all the money you want. The whole idea is what audience segments are you pleasing? Mm. And I decided to apply the same logic to podcasts. And I started to notice very quickly there is a four-quadrant podcast that you see Virtually every Never Trump podcast is a four quadrant podcast. Well, explain that. Quadrant number one, happy talk. Got to have a little happy talk. Hey, it's good to see you, Blue Gal. You know, football's great. You, uh, did you, how are your grandkids? You, do you love dogs like I do? You know, I saw the funniest <laughs> thing in the movie. Just, you know, we're just folks like you. We're just folks. Let's let's get into a little chat here. Let's sit on the beanbag chairs and sip a little uh, peppermint schnapps and rap <laughs> about the future, you know? Just like, just because we're all friends here. Second quadrant. Those damn Republicans. Did you hear what those rascally Republicans are up to? My gosh, those Republicans, blah, blah, blah. This is generally over some issue that's genuinely important. Actually, democracy threatening. Mm-hmm. The third box is, but you know, both sides. You know, blue <laughs> both sides. When you think about it, aren't the extremes on both sides really pretty bad? And that and, A.B. Stoddard quote that you had me listen oh, to, yeah. I could not believe it. Well, you the fourth, explain that? Oh, go the ahead. fourth quadrant is, is those darn liberals. Those darn liberals. <laughs> You know, and and in in the case of those darn Republicans, it's something genuinely threatening to democracy. Like mm-hmm. I said, it's something mm-hmm. incredibly critical. You know, voter fraud. It's you know, it's 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 the Stealing January sixth judgeships. Yeah, yeah, it's really bad shit, right, and it's shit right. that's that's endemic. You know, mm-hmm. it's if this is the whole party, right. those darn liberals is always something trivial or local or a single example of something that somebody dredged up from somewhere. 
That's San Francisco City Council, you know. You you got to be careful about those liberals. The Berkeley School District. Did you hear what crazy thing? The Berkeley. You know, there's this one transgender diver who's who I think is competing, and it's unfair. And here's what liberals should do about it. Mm -hmm. And like, okay, but you know, this is an example of the larger problem with the left. Uh huh. And it never is. It never has anything to do with anything that anybody in the Democratic Party is actually up to or doing. It is just, and it's straight Fox News shit. This is the yeah. thing that oh, they yeah. brought over from their Fox News years. Find some weirdo living under a bridge who says, I live on welfare and I live on- I have on, all the food stamps the from four I, different accounts. Yeah, what does he do want to work and the government pays for it? Yay! See, this is exactly what the left believes. This is yeah. Newt Gingrich shit from the 90s. Yep. You know that woman who murdered her children? Pretty typical for a liberal. You know, <laughs> that's pretty much what they do. And He does and that. He does that. Yeah. He does that. He did that, and he did it, and successfully. Did it for forty and, years, yeah, and, his whole and, career. And they have directly imported this from their life as Republicans because they yeah. can't stop hating the left. They cannot mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. It is beyond them. The only one who's like reasonably honest about this shit is Stuart Stevens, who you never see anymore. Yeah, you never hear Stuart Stevens on these podcasts because Stuart Stevens' line is, "It was all a lie. It was all a lie. Everything was bullshit. It was a racist party from jump." I didn't know about it or I I lied about it or lied to myself about it. I didn't want to see it, but it's true. We were fucked from the beginning. It goes all the way back to Bill Buckley. And nobody wants to have, you know, Miss Debbie Downer on their show talking about no Charlie fucking Sykes. It didn't start five years ago or five minutes ago. It started 40 years ago. And they don't want to hear that voice on their podcast. But the whole object of creating a four quadrant podcast is, and everyone, almost everyone is like this, is that you center yourself as the reasonable middle. Mm -hmm. You are the sensible center between the crazy leftists and the crazy rightists because it really is both sides and we're happy talking because you know you can trust me because I'm a person just like you. And yeah, the quote from A.B. Stoddard, who you see all the time on MSNBC, she has like a Morticia Adams thing going where she never changes her expression and she's always dryly disgusted with the entire political process. And isn't it a shame? She's on with Charlie Sykes. And it was a perfect four-quadrant podcast. It was Republicans are making a shit show of the confirmation hearings. But what about Robert Bork? Remember him? Bork, Bork, Bork. Bork, 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 Bork. <laughs> Bork did stuff. Remember that? And, and you know, whatever happened to Merrick Garland pales into insignificance to what they those bastards did to Robert Bork. And then, of course, they don't actually read what actually happened with Robert Bork. It's the origin myth of Robert Bork. Yeah, yeah. And everything went off the rails because liberals screwed Robert Bork. And then we get on to the the really exciting thing, which Where, was – were there a bunch of Republicans that voted against yeah, Robert Bork? there were Bork. six of them or yeah. seven of them. Yeah. And it was – you know, and there were people like writing opinions in major newspapers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were conservatives saying you should pull this guy out. What fascinated me about this particular take is that five – Minutes later, literally <laughs> five minutes later. And this Charlie was the part Sykes, you played for me. I couldn't believe it. Well, it, it, yeah. there was a two-parter. Five minutes later, Charlie Sykes completely negates everything he just said by saying, but you remember in the 70s when Nixon nominated two people and both of them got shot down? Wasn't that crazy? Like what? There was a, you mean there was a re- revolt revolt against unfit nominees mm-hmm. before Robert Bork? Before Robert Holy Bork? Holy shit. I thought you said Robert Bork was singular, unique in history and, and screwed everything up from now on. But he, because Charlie Sykes doesn't listen to the words coming out of his own mouth, yeah. he just wandered off into the 70s and said, yeah, yeah, remember those two nominees back to back that both got shot down because they were unqualified and one was a racist? Mm-hmm. So so now we're just toddling along and A.B. Stoddard starts talking about 
And suddenly it's not the Democrats who did this shit. It's the Republicans. Mm -hmm. Democrats Mm -hmm. are to blame for Robert Bork, right? Bork, 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 Bork. right. Suddenly it's Democrats aren't politicizing the courts enough. Yeah. That's the problem. The problem is. The problem is the Democrats have let the right get away with (laughs) all of this dark money uh, the, the federal society that you know, and I'm, now I'm quoting exactly, the best minds of the right have been organizing, fundraising, planning, recruiting, grooming to take over the courts for years in an effective way is the Democrats' fault. She said that. Is she, the Democrats' fault. The federal society and all the shit they've been doing for 30 years is the Democrats' fault. Look, granted, I broke into your house and stole your stole every all of your furniture in your car, but – you didn't have a firm enough lock on the front door. So really, isn't it your fault it's that your I broke fault. into your house and fucked you over and destroyed your property? Because it's always the Democrats' fault. It's always. She, I'm, I'm telling you guys, she literally said it's the Democrats' fault. Yes. That, and, that the courts are stacked for conservatives. Yep. And immediate, again, immediately after blaming the liberals for politicizing the courts, they pivot 180 degrees and say, and the reason Republicans have gotten away with the murder is because Democrats haven't politicized the courts enough. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't emphasize that in 2020, 2016. Well, I don't know who the fuck she's talking to, but we sure as shit did talk about yes. it. But we were also talking about fascism and the economy and play. Hillary Clinton talked about it frequently she did. on the campaign trail. Yes, and then of course did. we, And then, of course, we have to have the both sides. Yeah. The real problem is the completely dysfunctional Congress blue gap. <laughs> the gridlock, the gridlock all of our politics, it all just becomes red versus blue. Like, like there's like, I, this was something that um, Athena Wise, Alison Hanschel was saying, Jay Rosen was saying this week on Twitter. It's like, it's like these gridlock has agency. Yeah. It's like it's a, it's a natural event that no, no one has any yeah. control over. It it's just not, takes 60 votes to get anything through the right. Senate, you know, as if that's just the law. It's and, not. It's a decision that Republicans and Mitch McConnell made. Exactly. But we can't say that because then it sounds like everything is Republicans' fault. And that violates and the four quadrant rule. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. And you start listening to this shit. I listened to um, uh, Joe Walsh talk to Charlie Dent today. Um, both out of Congress, and they, they said a lot. Joe Walsh, I, did you say? Joe Walsh, you yeah. know, former shoddy cracker Congressman Joe Walsh. Yeah. Talked to Charlie Dent, Charlie Dent, Charlie Dent, uh, who's also out of office. And they talked about how much they hated each other when they were in Congress because he was a Tea Partier and Charlie Dent was moderate center right. So a lot of shit I agreed with. At the end of the podcast, where they come to, you know, the real problem with this country is the extremes on both sides. Uh-huh. And you know what? There's a crying need for the center right and the center left to come together in some sort of independent party movement. And because it always fucking comes oh, down to God. we can't just support the fucking Democrats. We can't well, do it. Doesn't We're that wired. dovetail very nicely into your discussion of the Lincoln Project's latest? Oh, yeah. Well, please go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. The Lincoln Project has a new project, everybody. They do. Well, and you've probably heard about it because it's made all the papers. <laughs> um, the Lincoln Project has a new um, thing. Uh, that they've been pimping on every Lincoln Project adjacent podcast for months and months called The Union. And The Union is a is a place for us to all come together and defeat the things that are happening in the world that are bad. And this has been written up by Axios. They got Peter Coyote to voice over a nice ad for it. And you know where I stand on this, Blue Gal. Not, not Lincoln Project, but I have on my blog right now three uh in draft a post all about this and i have three posts i have three tweets from myself about look whenever you hear someone say it's not about the left or right 
This is not about Republicans and Democrats. Grab your fucking wallet and hold on tight because you're about to hear a whole lot of bullshit. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. here's the thing. If one side is fascist and they're bad and one side is opposed to them and they're clearly identifiable as those things, then it really is about us versus them. It really is about left versus right. It really is about Republicans versus Democrats. And anyone telling you otherwise is not just lying to you, but they're trying to get you to buy into something that's bullshit on its face. So the Lincoln lads, they've got a, they've got a new thing out. First words, it, this is uh, Reed Galen, who's a co-founder of the Lincoln Project, and Joe Trippi, who's a former Democratic consultant, um, now works for the Lincoln Project because they've got a lot of money to hire people. And they have um, devoted this entire podcast this week to just pimping this project. Just this thing. That's all they talk about. So, Joe, why don't you t- talk about how we got to this place and how you see that fitting into the broader pro-democracy movement? And Joe Trippi says, well, I've had the, I've said the greatest catastrophe for the cur- country right now is to not understand that this is no longer about right versus left or Republicans versus Democrats. And that's when all of your alarm should be going off. Yep. Okay, Joe, what Joe, Joe Trippi must have meant is, except for these 70 million meatheads who voted for Donald Trump, right? I mean, you don't want to mm-hmm. hear from a, a Midwest flyover asshole like me, but didn't Jennifer Rubin just write up a thing about it's the whole fucking party, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And, and then he talks about it's going to take all of us to defend our democracy. It's going to take all of us to defend our democracy, to defend the union and the republic. You know, got to defend those things. Yeah, but defend them against what? And he talks about the broader um, anti-authoritarian, anti-democratic forces that are abroad in the land. What you mean, Joe, is these 70 million meatheads who voted to elect Donald Trump and the entire leadership of the Republican Party and virtually every Republican elected official. They will not say that it's the Republican Party. They'll allude to it. They'll mention it. But when they talk about it's going to take all of us across all, all ideologies, we have to put our past differences aside. And bring people together who mm-hmm. believe in this thing and only this thing. And wow. that one thing is the demolition of the Republican Party. No, it's to defeat the anti-democratic forces. Now, what this thing actually is, is an aggregator. Um, you go to, and they have a huge audience. And I've gone to their website and I've checked out a bunch of stuff. And a whole bunch of people, groups that have signed up for it are like democracy, democracy, democratic, democratic organizations. Or mm-hmm. one Republican organization that they're all like um, Bush administration alums who are all like, we have to vote for Joe Biden. We have to vote for Democrats. So my question is, since there are already hundreds of Democratic Party, liberal left organizations doing exactly the same thing, why the fuck are you pretending that they don't exist? Why are you starting a whole new thing over here that talks about all of us? Democrats and Republicans and independents coming together to, to do what, Joe? Well, to defeat the Republican Party. Oh, so the only tool to do that is the Democratic Party. So why not but just there say- there are plenty of, I don't know how many there are, but there are Republicans out there who will refuse to cross that river. Well, sure. And, right? and maybe we should talk about that. Well- <laughs> Maybe and, we should mention the, that. And it's those people, the people that want to defeat Trumpism, as they call it. Right, but not- But still want their tax cuts right. and still want- you know, no abortions and still want to keep women at home and want, you know, want the want their white male 1950s back. Um, don't want the browning of America. Right. You know, don't worried about the border. They're, mm-hmm. they're Republicans. Exactly. And there's a lot of money, apparently, in compiling a mailing list of those people. Yes, and that's is. what 
this project is. Well, and I'll, I'll do one more quote. It's a very mm-hmm. short one. Reed Galen says this will, it will take the deepest, broadest, and most diverse coalition that any of us can remember to defeat these, the, the bad forces. Big old mailing list. And like, they and want said, your email address. And yeah. my response was, congratulations, Mr. Galen, you have just described the Democratic Party. Yeah. We are the deepest, broadest, most diverse coalition imaginable. Mm-hmm. We are a big old rambunctious tent. And lots of people get into this party that I don't necessarily approve of, but they don't approve of me, so that's okay. But this weird obsession with these former Republicans that can't say, we need to get as many Democrats elected so we can destroy the Republican Party because it's a fucking monster factory. They can't say it. No. They, they'll talk about Donald Trump. They'll talk about Trumpism. They'll talk about the and the authoritarian forces that are abroad in the land. But they won't just say, here's this, here's your choice, apple juice or rat poison. Mm-hmm. Here's the Democratic Party. It's apple juice. You might not like apple juice, but you're thirsty. And here's rat poison. That's your other choice. There aren't 15 other choices. There aren't 20 other choices. There are two choices. Which would you like to drink? We have two parties. <laughs> One's yeah. a fascist authoritarian personality cult. The other one isn't. Which one are you going to vote for? And and all this dicking around with like, well, I want a third way. I want a third party. I want a center left, center right coalition. I want I want a union where we bring everyone together. When will America wake up? No, no, no. There is no America in this conversation. There are the people who are on the side of democracy who are almost all in one party. And there are the people who are opposed to democracy who are in the other party. Okay. But Drift Class, I would go back to Cory Booker again versus our way of talking and realizing that there are people in the Democratic Party who we call allies Mm -hmm. who are terrified of conflict. We're terrified of calling people out for what they actually are, calling out Republicans. They want everybody to be nice. And whether it's, you know, who hurt you as a child, I want to say that you can't stand up to bullying, Uh but they can't. And so, you know, branding exercises like the union, and that's what this is. It's a a mailing list. It's a mailing list collecting branding exercise that's going to put money in Rick's pocket. That's what it is. Sure. Um. You know, our goal save democracy. No, it's not. No. <laughs> it's your goal is to get a mailing list. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, will they get people to vote for de- for moderate Democrats? Maybe I don't I know. Hope so I hope so. I hope but so. It doesn't ever say that anywhere. Nope. No, it no. just says we need to form a coalition of like-minded people across all stripes and ideologies right. to defeat right. the bad people who are doing shit. It's like the right. bad people who are doing shit is the Republican Party. It's the Republican Party. And yeah. when you yeah. walk into the voting booth, you don't have, it's not like fucking Baskin Robbins. No, I would no. like a little bit of this. It's, but it's all that. this key, all these keywords that they use are, yeah. you know, democracy and coalition and grassroots and, and it's, it really is just a branding exercise for uh, let's, Let's build that golden bridge to a time when Republicans aren't associated with Donald well, Trump. Did you want to talk about Matt Lewis and the golden oh bridge my to gosh. tomorrow? Well, Matt Lewis, I think we talked about this last week. He said it out loud in writing. Yes, he did. You know, I want a golden bridge away from Trump. And if it's uh, Ron DeSantis, right. so be it. If it's Ron DeSantis, so be it. That's not Trump. We'll take it. And they just want to rebrand again. That's what this is. It's it's Tea Party. And this is what I keep saying. They cash those checks with the Tea Party. Mm-hmm. And they don't want you to remember that they cash those checks with the Tea Party. All this. And we predicted this. Drift Glass. Sure. The minute. First of all, <laughs> before Trump was elected, I wrote, don't you dare call it Trumpism. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Because I was looking at interviews with CNN was doing with Trump voter panels in 2015. That's right. Where they were saying, oh, you know, it's all about stopping illegals from coming into our country. Right. And you you looked at it. And why did Alison Camerota have these particular people on her panel? Was it because they just fell off a truck and said they were Trump voters? No, they were registered Republican voters in Iowa, registered Republican primary voters. They didn't just fall off a truck. They they were part of the party before and they will be part of the party after. And so I said, these are Republicans. You can't call this Trumpism. These are Republican primary voters putting Trump at the head of the Republican Party. And the, the and you can blame yourself, Republicans, the Republican establishment. Yes, I'm talking to you, um, Rick Wilson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you guys decided that it would be perfectly okay to nominate Jeb, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yep. and put Scott Walker as vice president. Yeah. And that that would, you know, Republican voters would flock to that. Mm-hmm. And they were so embarrassed by Bush. And you forgot that. W. Embarrassed them. Made them look bad to liberals. Right. Made them look it, dumb in front of the made liberals. Made them look dumb in front of the liberals. Mm-hmm. And so Amen. they were n- they were never going to vote for another Bush ever no. again. No. And so when Trump goes to the Republican debate and tells Jeb Bush to his face, your brother did not keep us safe. <gasps> you could not believe what we we're hearing come out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. At a re- you know, where is Reince Priebus to stifle this guy? He, this is off script. Right. But right. it is exactly the get out of Bush free, you know ticket for these voters who don't want to vote for Bush, who want to take over the Republican Party and not be embarrassed again. Well, how'd that work out for you, Republicans? Well, they, remember, you can't bring up the past because the past never no. happened. No. And, and this, exactly. you know, across all of these things I listen to, that's, that is the consistent message. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is, none of us had any idea thing, things would get this bad. None of us had any idea that the, the base was this way. Joe Walsh, who listened to these fuckers on his radio show all the time, was like, I was just, I, you know, I, when, when, when Trump, you know, was talking about building a fucking wall and keeping those folks out and everyone gasped, he said, but I had a hundred phone calls the next day from people going, fuck yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. what? Here's the thing. Here's what's delightful about having archives is <laughs> I can go back to 2005 yeah. and pull a hundred posts. Yep. saying exactly what the Republican Party was going to do, yep. who they were, what motivated them, and why we should be scared shitless that their leader was Rush Limbaugh and Newt Gingrich. Yeah, right. And where they were going. And all of these professional, highly paid political consultants, mercenaries, and radio jocks who now dominate the podcast space and the radio space and who've colonized cable news all swear they had no idea about any of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just look at them and go, oh, fuck you. Of course you knew. Of course, these people are the people who put money in your pockets and roofs over your head. And to pretend now that you had no idea, other than Stuart Stevens, to pretend that it was a complete shock to you. This was the Lincoln Project thing again. It was like we had no idea a year and a half ago how fast this whole white nationalist thing would metastasize. And now it's a really big threat, so we all need to come together. Like, you know who could have told you that? Every fucking liberal in America could have told you this to your face. You didn't want to listen to us. Because mm-hmm. we told you things that would affect your fucking pocketbook. Mm-hmm. And you and you were working for Jab or you worked for Ted Cruz. And 
well, yeah. you know, we'll just get the rubes to vote for whoever the fuck we tell them to because that's what rubes are for. Yep. And then they decided they liked Donald Trump. Why? Because he talked to them as Rush Limbaugh talked to them for well, 30 years. Well, and he he did nothing but watch Fox News all day and regurgitate what they he heard on Fox yep. to those voters who also watched Fox. And then they said, he's saying what I'm thinking. Oh, my God. He's, it's like he's in my head. I yeah. love this man. And, yep. well, yep. we've, and we've it, had enough it of that. it backfired on the, on the establishment. They thought well, they could they, control it. And then they all did what they what cowards and quizlings do. They fell into line except for five of them who ran out of the party saying, not my fault, not my fault, not my fault. Right. Hey, right. Democrats, move over. Let me tell you how to run your yes, fucking exactly, party. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Fuck you all. Exactly. Yeah. Fuck you all. I did want to mention that Mo Brooks has joined the Donald Trump under the bus tour. So. <laughs> Mo Brooks, who, you know what? Mo Brooks. It's not Donald Trump under the bus. It's Mo Brooks under the bus no, first. No, he's, Donald Trump. Donald Trump the Donald Trump under the bus tour. He's, Donald yeah. Trump throws everybody. Throws every, eventually, everybody everyone under the goes bus. under the bus, right? And Mo Brooks, uh, his poll numbers weren't good, and Donald Trump won't endorse anybody who's not a sure thing. Right. We can have 100% winning all the time. So he, <laughs> Mo Brooks's Twitter handle was Mo Brooks endorsed by Donald Trump until yesterday. And now Mo Brooks is going on local TV in Alabama saying, you know, Donald Trump wanted to overturn the election. It wasn't really? a big lie. He just wanted to overturn it, and he kept asking me to overturn it. Mm -hmm. Rob Reiner on Twitter said, when January 6th bulletproof vest-wearing Mo Brooks starts turning on you, you're getting awfully close to being the cheese standing alone. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah. most of the GOP would nominate him and elect Trump tomorrow. Yep, they would. Mm -hmm. They would. We, we got to stop that. So letter, letter from a listener. We have a letter from a listener. I want to make sure we read this. Uh, this is from Jim. And Jim wrote us today and said, guys, the annual kick in for my subscription is a bit thicker this year. Thank you very much, Jim. Thank you, Jim. I want the coffee mug with morning edition inked out and prolift podcast written in Sharpie. <laughs> the, uh, okay. reason, the reason being... This year, my donation to Pearl F Podcast is a bequest in memorial to a friend of mine. It didn't take a lot of thought. Jim, my friend Jim, they're both Jims, was a guy who got to see me at my most boorish, but still spoke to me decades later. Fair enough, but there is a tie-in to what you both try to accomplish. Jim was a newspaper man. Oh, yeah. Doing the Lord's work for better than 40 years. He was the guy who deadlined all the boring but important stories in his community. He got to experience the exquisite boredom that is a school board meeting. Those are bad enough if you have a stake in the proceedings. Imagine keeping up on multiple districts, not one of which do you have kids or taxable property within. Then there are zoning committees, town budgets, state bond issues, leavened by the occasional tractor-trailer crash and multi-fatality house fire. Jim did all of this every day since 1981. He didn't chuck it all to write press releases for politicians or hospital consortiums. He knew he was doing good work and he had the knack for it. He'd occasionally whip up a review of a Springsteen album or his thoughts about Otis Redding. But then it was back to the grind. Love or hate your local media outlets, at least there are several sets of eyes to filter the product and one or two lifers who give a damn. We do ourselves no favors by letting it wither. 
From my selfish perspective, it didn't hurt that Jim worked on Cape Cod. I spent a lot of time at his place during the off-season, swilling beer, eating scallops the size of my head at the Land Ho, <laughs> and solving the problems of the world. Over the years, I'd get an out-of-the-blue phone call, and we'd spend an hour and change free riffing on rock and roll, Bonaparte's mistakes, and, of course, the state of the media. I always ended up with a reading list, currently two-thirds of the way through Stephen Cocken's Stalin biography. Now I'll never again pick up and hear that voice. Oh, and yeah. Jim, I'm really sorry for your That's loss. That's really sad. Yeah. Boy, yeah. So it's appropriate that I use this year's contribution to the Professional Left podcast to memorialize one of the good ones. Your media criticism has had a pretty profound effect on me. Well, thank you, Jim. Thanks, Jim. I've admittedly been inside the bubble looking out, but God knows I've heard plenty of uninformed pig ignorant shit over the years. <laughs> you two get it right. And I appreciate that. I've been a fan since the days Steve Gilliard strode the earth. Oh, oh my goodness. Man. Old OG. There's, there's another, OG. that's another loss to the world. Yeah. I, I would love to hear what Steve Gilliard had to say about this week's hearings. Oh, Seriously. God. Oh, God. Yeah. He would not hold back. And I don't foresee any changes. Keep up the good work, Jim. Jim, we are so sorry for your loss, and we deeply yeah. appreciate uh, your contribution in uh, honor of your journalist friend. Thank you so, so much. So glad you had someone like that in your life. That's, yep. that's really what a that's wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, let's do a news roundup, Drift Glass. Sure. This week, the United States government formally accused Russia of committing war crimes in Ukraine. Putin's press secretary refused to rule out the use of nuclear weapons in Europe. Yeah. NATO will double its troop presence on the alliance's eastern flank in response to Russia's continuing war in Ukraine. And we are certainly, our thoughts are with the Ukrainian people. Absolutely. Absolutely. If, if that wasn't abundantly clear, just look at this country. The, the church service we watched in the morning is always opens with prayers for Ukraine. Yep. Uh, it's, yep. it's everybody's Facebook page in our, in our community. Um, it, we can't add anything to the profound thoughts others have already put out other than, mm -hmm. you know, I wish there was something more we could do. And, and I hope that this experience makes me more sensitive to other wars of invasion yeah. and, yeah. and violence and war crimes because okay, they're there. Um, and just because they're not European and white and my people, you know, and our people, we, we have more of a connection immigration wise to this part of the world. Um, you know, justice is justice. All right. That's all I'm going to say. Paul Manafort was blocked from leaving the country because he tried to use a revoked passport. <laughs> Manafort attempted to fly from Miami to Dubai before Customs and Border Protection barred him from boarding the plane because of an issue with his passport. Oh, what a shame. Trying to go to Dubai. I wonder why. Yeah. Uh, we've covered this already in comments, but Supreme Court nominee Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson continued to defend her record against increasingly aggressive and unhinged questioning from Senate Republicans that fact-checkers and Democrats have debunked and criticized over and over again. Here's one example. Senator Josh Hawley attacked Jackson in his opening statement, accusing her of issuing lenient sentences in child pornography cases as a trial judge. The White House called Hawley's criticism toxic and weakly presented misinformation. Uh, they, they didn't call him the other number of things I would have called them, but they're better than me. <laughs> Adding that in the vast majority of Jackson's cases involving child sex criminals or child sex crimes, sentences she imposed were consistent with or above 
what the government or U.S. probation recommended. The Biden administration has exhausted the funds needed to purchase a potential fourth coronavirus vaccine dose for all Americans. Unless lawmakers pass the $15 billion funding package, right now we don't have enough money for fourth doses if they're called for. And this basically means the uninsured are screwed. Yeah, and we, we will need them. There is another yeah. variant on the way because that'll be this way for, for the foreseeable future. And it is called for, and I'd like a list of people who are standing in the way of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki has tested positive for COVID-19 for the second time in five months. And former Senator Hillary Clinton has also tested positive. A federal judge ruled that former, you know, we're not going to talk about the Supreme Court justice who uh, is apparently in the hospital with COVID because uh, I will no, say no, something no, 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 that no. is going to get me in a lot no, of trouble. It's, no, you see, <laughs> but you're wrong. It's flu-like symptoms that are not oh, COVID related. excuse me. Yeah. yeah. We're not sure what it is, but it ain't COVID. So don't even say that because mm-hmm. that would be, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh-huh. A federal judge ruled that. The former Kentucky County Clerk, Kim Davis, remember her? Oh, vividly. Knowingly violated the rights of same-sex couples by denying them marriage licenses. Uh, This should come as a relief to Marsha Blackburn. Uh, The House passed the Crown Act, which would ban, quote, discrimination based on an individual's texture or style of hair. Yeah, I don't think Marsha Blackburn should be discriminated against because her hair is awful. I have a long (laughs) list of things that she should be held responsible for, but her ridiculous hairstyle is not one of them. Yep. Hilariously, former Trump White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows is now under investigation for alleged voter fraud in North Carolina. His wife apparently filled out three separate false election forms. Uh huh. Now, how many years is that other woman in jail for? Mm-hmm. For voting yeah, in the wrong right. precinct, I think. Yep. Um, Joe Manchin advised a conference of oil and gas executives that they should look for a quote return on investment. When making campaign donations, and oh, then he God. dropped his pants, bent over, and said, line up, boys. Yeah. Um, Stacey Abrams had a cameo on Star Trek Discovery, and it flipped out Ted Cruz and the National Review and Tucker Carlson. All <laughs> flipped out. How dare she pretend to be president of Earth? Yeah. Now, and and again, Ellie Mistel said, look how they react to a fictional black woman playing a fictional space character. Mm-hmm. And now watch that same magazine, National Review, comment disinterestedly about Judge Jackson. It it hit him with her weakest, honey, in their, in their racism. And that's yeah. just not fair. It's yeah. not fair to call racist racist because it makes them feel sad. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, jobless claims are out. Oh, no. They've hit a 50-year low. And the unemployment rate has dropped to 3.8%. This is great news for John McCain, but really bad news for for Joe Biden, I'm sure, in some way, in some Bad news for Joe Biden that everybody has a job that wants one? Yeah, pretty bad. Pretty sad. I I don't know what he's going to do with that information other than talk about it every time he's in front of a microphone. (laughs) Each week, we post to our Facebook page and website an Internet Kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's Internet Kitty is Miss Pia. Miss Pia was a special needs kitty that once she was adopted, her special needs disappeared. <laughs> she is a, I am being told that it is pronounced Turkish Vans. Oh, please. Not, she not is a, in Midwest. Yeah, no. in the Midwest is Turkish Vans, baby. We have Versailles, but... <laughs> and we got Marseilles, and we got Marseilles, Vans, so deal with it. Mm-hmm. 
she is fluffy and adorable and likes sunny sunspots. And she does not have special needs anymore because she got love and her forever home. So we love her and we will uh, put her up at our Facebook page and website. And of course, Miss Pia Eats Freshly Poured Cat Food, our fake sponsor, whether you serve Pet Store Perfection or Dollar Store Direct. Your cats will sit on the kitchen floor and demand that the food they eat is only freshly poured. Freshly poured, freshly poured. Oh, my Lord, it's freshly poured. And you can visit Miss Pia at our Facebook page or website, and you can send your kitty, and you can send your internet kitty, dog, or other pet to us at our email address, proleftpodcast at gmail.com, where you can also write to both of us. Feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. Be aware that if you write us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service. Go Postal Unions! Letter on the air unless you say otherwise. Hashtag fire to joy. Don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage for yourself, buy one for us. This is not charity. This is our job, and we love doing this podcast. Approximately 1% of our listeners support this podcast with a contribution, and you can too. See our website, proleftpod.com, for details. We've got PayPal, postal address, Patreon. We've got Both Sides Don't t-shirts. And uh, all of it is there at proleftpod.com. Please share our show on social media. And if you love this particular episode, support our effort by becoming a patron via Patreon or a donor via our website. Thank you so much for doing that. Hey, Drift Glass, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, Blue Gal, the Internet Kitties have a long, long list of Republicans they would like to see reincarnated as a black woman at pretty much any point in United States history. Let's think about living. Think about living. Let's think about loving. Think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the popping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the whining and the crying, the shooting and the dying and the fellow and the switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license, copyright 2022, DGBG Productions Incorporated.